You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. It is I, Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. Uh, I put out a call right before we started recording because I am struggling right now to come up with uh, things to talk about. We spent all of yesterday going in-depth on the fall uh, roster, and uh, yeah, it's just, there's so little going on that it is hard for me to uh, to dig. I know I'm going to have to start going back into historical data and things like that, but right now we're just going to make this an impromptu mailbag show. I was begging on Twitter and people finally responded. Uh, I went actually digging because for some reason Chartable had said I had new reviews. I do not have new reviews, so that was an odd uh, pull by Chartable. Don't know why that happened, but let's dive into the mailbag. Uh, at Matt Bratz, who was on Monday's show, uh, thoughts on Tito being back, if it helps at all. Uh, I've had my ups and downs with Tito. I've been very honest about having my ups and downs with Tito, but I will take him uh, every day of the week over Sandy Almar. It can't hurt. Sandy Almar, I thought, did a really poor job in general. Uh, I know the front office came out and defended him. Uh, from Chris Hansen, any comments today? I was debating if I wanted to do a whole show just based around those comments, but it was so much just uh, GM speak. It didn't feel really worthwhile to do it, but in that uh, is where it was said that uh, Tito will be back. At Pocketmonger, just how broke or not broke are the tribe, according to that same Antonetti piece. The industry lost billions, and the Indians lost tens of millions. So very broke. Uh, I don't... Uh, I, I am so terrified of what they're going to do with finances, if that is already what they're pushing heavily. Uh, reminder that this is a franchise that was bought for, I want to say, close to $300 million and is now valued at a billion. In 10 years, they turned $300 million into a billion in value and also created a network that they sold off and I think I, the lump sum they got in that was at least 40 million and that never gets added into their uh, their revenue but that is part of it like to cry poor as a baseball team is ridiculous when they are making so much in terms of just the inflation of value of teams and everything else it's, it's just frustrating uh, at Real Sean Exotic, can the Indians re-sign Cesar back if they get rid of Santana, Hand, and Lindor? Yes. Uh, I don't know, again, how this market is going to shape shape out. Nope, that's not what I want. Shake out. Uh, Cesar had a good season. Did he have a great season? No, he had a good season. He was about a league average bat. I know he led the league in doubles, but there were some other ups and downs with his performance this year. Uh, he's a solid, steady, you know, above average player. What is the valuation on that? I am not sure. Uh, I'm very curious to see if any team, you know, is going to break the bank. Well, no one's going to break the bank, but I'm curious to see what the market is on second baseman, like Cesar Hernandez. Uh, if you're a team out there, like how much do you value? I apologize for the background noise, actually, before I go into this near where the cat's litter box is. So we paused for a bit, and I'm back. Uh, what do you value? Like, that's going to come down to it. Would you rather have the even, completely even game of Cesar Hernandez, where he does a bunch of everything, 
well, but nothing great? Or would you prefer someone like Tommy LaStella, who's got those two years of great performance as a hitter, but the glove is below average? Uh, and is someone like Tommy LaStella end up being cheaper because there's some skills that are below average, whereas average, or is he actually more expensive because teams would rather pay for spouts of exceptionalism rather than a player that is just average? Uh, I don't know. I think Cesar could be in play to come back to the Indians. I also think that you really need to look at Owen Miller, and then we have to see whatever the inevitable Lindor trade is, because that is going to decide a lot of what's happening up the middle, in my opinion. Uh, at Len Marucci, 18, 9, 18, is there, is there enough pieces in the minors with enough value to be a serviceable center fielder without giving up anyone you view as high upside slash worth keeping outside of the obvious? Yes, certainly. It is such a deep minor league system. Uh, I, you know, they made a play for Starling Marte. We don't know how close they were. We don't know how uh, what that situation played out. I kind of gave what I would have offered as a, a competitive offer in my mind. I guess the question comes down to, like, who are the center fielders out there? Like, And do you, I'm not a Mercado guy. Like, I've been very honest. I'm not a Mercado guy. I never really have been. Uh, I didn't love the trade when it happened because I was a Connor Capel guy. Uh, and Connor Capel hasn't worked out. So it's not like uh, there's any... I was wrong. You know, the trade was a net win, certainly, by the Indians. We'll have to see. It's just those streaky hitters. It's the same reason I was never uh, as high as the field on Mejia when he was with the Cleveland Indians. Those extreme streaky hitters, uh, you just run into points where... You're not getting enough value. So let's talk about center fielders of value. No surprise. Uh, well, I should say surprise. Uh, Mike Trout is number one. No surprise. He's number one in the American League. Uh, he produced a negative defensive value this year, according to fan graphs. But the big surprise is Mike Yastrzemski, top-rated outfielder, center fielder in baseball in terms of war. Uh, Ronald Aquino is third. Grisham, four. Springer, who's going to be a free agent, five. This is just looking at the list of uh on fan graphs players listed as center fielders nimmo who i've talked about you got at eight ian hap who i talked about a bunch you have at six but here's the other thing to point out nimmo hap uh springer trout these are all negative defensive value guys they were not necessarily uh stars in terms of that they the value they brought uh, they're more corner outfielders who were stuck masquerading as center fielders uh, going down the list, you know, Starling Marte, we talked about, uh, Laureano with the Athletics, Kevin Kiermeyer, Cody Bellager, Byron Buxton, Aaron Hicks, Kevin Pillar sitting there at 18 with defensive value, AJ Pollock, Harrison Bader, uh, great defender, but man, that glove was ugly this year. And I guess that's kind of my point is you notice I'm going down this list where oh, I've chatted 20, over 20 names at this point in time. Who are you trading for? Like, who is legitimately available in terms of center fielders? Yes, I skipped Louis Robert. I do enjoy the fact that the one really negative review I had earlier this month was about how I said uh, his name wrong when it turns out everyone else has been saying it wrong. I'm not sure if people saw that, that uh, he came out and said he preferred if you say it this way. I, I It stood out to me just because uh, things get into my craw uh, and... I know I have my issues with pronunciation in general, uh, but that that was kind of a, a moment where I went, aha, 
Okay, so I get it wrong 90% of the time, but there's the one I can stick to. But, yeah, it's like, who's the center fielder you're going to get? Um, could there be a buy? I don't know if it's even a buy low. It's like, do you call someone like Tampa? Tamp yeah, Tampa. Because they have, you know, uh, Margot, and they have Kiermaier, and they have uh, all those pieces. Uh, Randy... Azerne, I'm blanking on, you know, the other outfielder who came over with Jose Martinez and their deal. Uh, Tampa's got a bunch of center fielders. It's, do you talk to the Blue Jays about Gearchick? Uh, not a good defender, and there's a lot of concerns in there that made me not as high on the situation. I just don't know who is the, the center fielder that is actually gettable. Like, what team can you call and legitimately get someone? And I don't know. Like, I go down this list, and it, it's like, Kevin Pillar in free agency could maybe be a cheap get. Would the Tiger move? Would the Tigers move Jones or Reyes? Probably not to the Indians. I mentioned Gearchuk. Uh, Avisel Garcia is likely going to hit free agency. He did not have a good offensive year. And I guess that's kind of where we are. It's like, where is the player going to go get? Who is the guy who can perform in center field offensively? And I. I I don't know if there is one. That's where I'm like, well, maybe it's Daniel Johnson. Uh, just looking at the WRC Plus in center field, uh, some interesting lower production names, guys who didn't maybe get the at-bat. Oh. Luis Gonzalez, ninth, 134. Now he had uh, all of two plate appearances, so there's not a whole lot there. Man, I loved him out when he was out of New Mexico. One of those guys that I just saw the name, I'm like, oh, it was one of my guys. I hope he gets more of a run with the White Sox. Give him a chance. A guy could fly with immaculate on-base skills. Uh, that's that's my my ten, uh, you know ten cent scouting report. I don't know. It's you know do the Giants are they willing to talk someone? Are they willing to talk about uh, Dubon? Or are they willing to talk about uh, you know they're not talking Yastrzemski. Let's just let's just get past that. That's not going to happen. Like, what is the Giants? What is what? You know, you know, what are the Giants' intentions? What are they going to try to do? Let's their overall depth chart. I, they were trying to make the playoffs this year. It certainly seemed they kind of just stood pat when it came to deadline moves. But like as a team, you know, uh, we talked about Debon. We talked about uh, Ustremski, Solano. Kind of came out of nowhere. I. I talked a lot about Alex Dickerson, if you've been listening to this podcast for a few years now. Like, I thought he was a guy that I wanted the Indians to take a risk on. I know he hadn't played in a few years, but there had been some production there. And uh, what did he do this year? Like, What is the one of the guys I was really pushing for? In 52 games, he walked nearly 10% of the time, had 10 home runs, a 151 WRC plus playing in San Francisco. Defensively a nightmare. Uh, but the power was there. He had had some good numbers and some limited opportunities in the past to San Diego. He looked really good in 2016. Got hurt. Didn't make it back to the majors till 2019. Didn't look bad in 2019. And that was when I wanted the Indians to acquire him. So that one kind of annoys me inside. Just because, again, if you listen to the podcast, that was someone I, I certainly pushed for. Something else I like to push for on this podcast is Ohio vs. Everyone, the fantastic new site all about Ohio. If you are tired of a national slant that ignores the Ohio sports teams, check out Ohio vs. Everyone today. Uh, I know for me, when I am sitting there and after the Browns' big game over the weekend, 
I went to read Peter King because I... I'm not going to get into debates about Peter King, this or that, but he writes really long articles. So there's plenty of room to talk about every team, and he did go to college in Ohio. And I say all of this because, you know, the Browns have that huge game performance, and there's very little uh, relative to the Browns in that. Or, you know, being 3-1, and one, I'm like, come on, this is a great time. I expect more. Or during this whole Indians, when they were in the postseason against the Yankees, where all the stories were not talking about the fact that the Indians had had in my opinion, the top candidate for the Cy Young and the top candidate for the MVP, but still the focus is not on the Ohio teams. Cincinnati Reds have a massive offseason. Cleveland Indians have a massive offseason coming up. If you want sports that is focused on your teams, that are is paying attention to the teams you love, go check out Ohio vs. Everyone, Ohio vs. Everyone today. Postmates. Uh, so... When you want something and you are feeling lazy, that is my favorite time to use Postmates. I am all about staying in once I get home from work, uh, working in the yard, but not going to the corner store, not going out. Uh, Postmates is a lifesaver for that. It allows you to be lazy. And it's also great because there's a lot of things in my neighborhood and sometimes I don't even realize what's available and what's around until I open Postmates. And I'm like, oh, I've never been to this restaurant. Let's check it out. It's a great way to explore your neighborhood, explore your surroundings, and find your new favorite place to eat, your new favorite place to shop, etc. So go download the Postmates app today for iOS, for Android. You're going to use the promo code Locked On, all one word. That's the promo code Locked On on the app, and you're going to get a hundred dollars of free delivery credit for the first seven days. So download Postmates, have a few days of free delivery on us. Use that promo code Locked On. Give yourself a day, give yourself an evening, explore your neighborhood. 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Postmates. Okay, I, man, I always say okay after the break. Uh, Just like all the ums that when I sit there and listen to editing and it makes me hate myself. Giants, let's, we're kind of done with center field. This is my problem. I, we're only three questions in and I'm already at like the 14 minute mark. Uh, does the tribe have anyone in the system they'll be ready to take over for Lindor once he's traded this offseason? Owen Miller is the closest. Uh, he should be. That is from Tribe Fan JP. I think Owen Miller is the guy who is closest to that. Uh, I'm not sure if he's an everyday guy uh, in terms of shortstop. He has moved incredibly quickly through the Padres system. He has been incredibly effective. Uh, people keep doubting him or coming up with reasons why he should not be effective and he ends up being effective so that's the type of player you want to bet on now it would be an impossible situation to walk into Lindor's shoes and we've seen so many players who walk into a similar situation in Cleveland and it sets them up to fail so I almost feel like they would be more likely to try someone else out there and let them fail first uh I mean Miller's profile is not dissimilar to what Jose Ramirez's original profile was. No one expected what he's become now. Like, not not what he is now. I don't want to compare him to now. But that guy who might be too good to be a utility player, but might not be quite enough to be an everyday starter, but is a useful player who's going to be like two and a half to three wins, that's Owen Miller, I think, long term. And I think that could easily be uh, the guy who steps into that role for the Cleveland Indians. Also, uh, from the same person with the overabundance of mediocre outfitters on the roster, will they be open to trading most of them? And will Daniel Johnson ever get a real shot? I hope he gets a real shot. Um, 
I just don't know if there's trade value. I feel like when you're looking at guys like Bauer and Mercado, and I don't know what you're going to get. So I don't know if it's so much trading them as it is. Are you willing to cut bait with someone like Bowers? Are you moving on from some of these players that you didn't even give a real opportunity this year? That is more for me what I'm seeing with the possibility of Santana not returning. Will we see Reyes at first or will they leave him in the outfield and move uh, will we see Naylor at first? See, this is my dyslexia where I'm switching words in there. Naylor at first, or, or could they move Reyes there? I would like to see Reyes uh, just get in shape and play in the outfield, open the DH position. I think we could see Naylor at first base. Could see Nolan Jones at first base eventually. We could see any number of players. Kai Tom could, I think, play at first base. I, I know it's a weird choice because he did spend some time. I mean, at the same time, maybe Kai Tom could be that uh, productive bat in center field if they gave him a chance. I'd like to see that. Uh, I just basically I'm trying to find anywhere I can give Kai Tom a, a shot. I want to reward production. Uh, I, to me, when a guy is highly productive and they are undersized and they're unathletic, it's like those are the guys teams miss on because you're looking at, well, he's small. He's not the best defender, but somehow he's he's still an average defender. Uh, he generates power, but it's not when you're looking at the warts and not at the production. That's when you know Adam Duvall happens, and that's when a team gives up on him and then the team he goes to the reds give up on him again and he ends up having a fantastic season this year it's how those guys slip through the cracks uh aaron overs uh which is also his name athenians trade lindor where do you think he'll be traded and what kind of return do you think they get back honestly i think national league is their only places to really look with some of the changeover already I think the Mets are a, a really good candidate. I think the Marlins are a really good candidate. I think there is going to be a strong feel that they do not want to trade him in the American League. They don't want to deal with any, you know, keep the blowback as far away as possible in such a trade, uh, specifically with Lindor, because he was the face of this franchise. Uh, so I think, you know, looking at those two teams, they stand out. And the part of the problem right now is... We don't know how many teams are going to be in the postseason. We don't know who's really contending. We don't know anything. We're so short on information. You know, would a team like the Giants consider buying on Lindor? Maybe. Is there a way you could work something like that out? I mean, possibly. I say all this, and now I'm like, oh, don't the Giants have a decent shortstop? Uh, you know, something like that, where I'm like, I probably just made a, a silly statement because I, I was just looking at the Giants, and I can't remember who their shortstop is, top of my head. Uh, but the uh, Brandon Crawford, who... Had a, and that's one of those things, like if you're the Indians, does Brandon Crawford present a little bit of value in a trade back because he makes $12.5 million uh, average contract? He makes that uh, as a, you know, essentially for in 2021, he would make that. Uh, he was a above average bat this year, 112 WRC+. plus. But it, while he is a player who is also in a walk year, it allows you to fill with an adequate player, and the Giants would kind of get that jump start on being able to maybe keep Lindor. Because San Francisco is a, is a big market. I mean, there's a lot of money there. They could be a team that trades for Lindor and then immediately locks him up. And if you look at the young pieces in place, you look Brandon Belt, Wilmer Flores. I, how much did I talk about Wilmer Flores last year in free agency? He had a really good year for uh, the Giants as well. Uh, they've got some young pieces and, of course, some high draft picks, and they're starting to have some parts come together. Adding uh, a Lindor could be a way to jumpstart that, you know, especially for a team that was very close to making the postseason this past year. Uh, and that was from uh, 
Len, uh, Len, who hits on this one, uh, back earlier, uh, Tribe fan wants to know, will Nolan Jones get a shot, op- shot opening the season with the Tribe at first or outfield uh, after front office said they don't want to move Jose off third? Uh, no, he won't start the season there because it all comes down to manipulation. Oh, I actually skipped over Len's question, who had asked earlier, uh, who in the upper minors do you feel is underrated that could be serviceable and impactful piece in the future? I talked about Kaye Tom already. Um, I really have to, top of my head, I, I feel like I need to do some digging uh, a little bit more on guys. Uh, Eli Morgan, I think, is underrated. Uh, I think he's got a killer two-pitch mix, and he could be a real weapon in the pen. So I've been on the move Eli Morgan to the the uh, the pen for a while. The fastball sets up the change. That change is a killer pitch. Those two together could make him a great reliever. Uh, Nathan Saged uh, updates on our top prospects and which ones have a legitimate shot to make the opening day roster well we kind of did the update yesterday uh, in terms of who is going out to the instructs none of them have a legit shot to make the opening day roster Uh, I mean maybe like an Owen Miller but again this is a team that is going to mess with service time to the umpteenth degree so yeah, that none of those guys that uh, Nolan Jones, those players know. But maybe Daniel Johnson, because he already got some time in. Uh, Owen Miller, who they got in uh, the Clevenger trade. Kind of more that like lower tier. Uh, Andy, who we talk about on the show often. Is Tom still in the plans? I know they have him in the Fall Instructional League, but will he get a chance? I, it doesn't feel like he will. Um, I just, I don't... If they thought he could do something, I feel like they would have given him a shot this year. But, I mean, at the same time, they didn't really give anyone a shot this year. It was the weirdness of, let's run out Domingo Santana, let's run out Mike Freeman, let's run out Delano DeShields, let's run out all these, like, 30-plus players and not try Kaye Tom, not try Daniel Johnson for an extended look. Uh, UFC Marcus, upcoming free agent targets Robbie Grossman. I think he makes a lot of sense. He had been in Cleveland before, and they... Silly, silly, foolishly, we'll go for a word I can actually say, foolishly let him go without uh, an extended look. He's been a productive outfielder three of the last four years. I think he makes sense. I talked about Tommy LaStella already as well. Uh, Tribe Hypey, Chang is next season starting shortstop. Could be. Uh, if they're kind of looking for a sacrificial lamb, I talked about that earlier as I was going through questions. Chang is kind of the perfect sacrificial lamb, uh, and I think he's one of those guys who could be running for the shortstop position because he can handle it. And what he could do is hit 220, uh, have an on-base percentage around like 300, uh, 300, let's say maybe closer to like 310, 315, uh, club 20 homers in a year, and play above-average defense at short. Uh, it's not a sexy profile. It's not an old school profile, but I still believe in Yu Chen Chang as a potential starter down the line. And then Timothy Cassidy at Cassidy Timothy, you do a podcast of your dream Indians team consisting of players they once had. Well, that's one that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. So I'm going to favorite that right now and we'll come back to it. And that just might be like guys I loved uh, that were not even necessarily the best players and the like. Uh, we'll, we'll come back and I can spend some time talking about players that left a, a lasting imprint on me as a baseball fan growing up in the 80s and 90s. Thank you all. We did it. And of course, not only did we do it, I ran long because that's what I do anymore. Uh, 
I mean, we're already three days into this week. We had a 40 minute at 21, and now uh, this one's going to probably be about a 25 minute podcast. So for supposedly being doing 18, doing about 90 minutes a week, I've already hit that 90 minute mark in the first three days. So thank you all for listening. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Yes, I have to write my piece yet still for the mock draft. I know that. And that will give me some great content to talk about on the show as well uh, as we prepare for parts of the offseason. And, you know, if everything goes properly, college baseball will be the next real baseball we get. So get ready for that. Prepare for that. I've been Jeff Ellis, as I already stated. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Thank you for rating, reviewing, downloading, checking us out on WKYC. Uh, I'm trying to get that set up so we have a regular guest in there. Uh, I'm debating a lot of things for the future of the podcast. I know that I have a full-time job and a kid, so there's a lot of things I would like to do with this podcast that I'm not quite able to do. Uh, I'll just put it out there. I am looking into bringing on someone who's savvier than me with the things like the social media and the editing, and occasionally uh, co-hosting with me as well. And whoever I add into that position, it would be a paid position, getting a percentage of what the podcast makes so if we can help grow it then you could uh help make more so if you're a young person god am i old i'm 39 and i'm I'm now talking about if you're a young person but uh you know if you're someone who is good at things like canvas and social media in general and also likes the indians i am uh gonna start soon uh looking into maybe bringing in a permanent co-host a permanent secondary person on the show to help make up for the areas that I'm not strong at. So uh, something else to keep in mind, uh, if you might know someone who'd be interested, things like that, you can email me at Jeff ML, or at Jeff MLB Draft is the Twitter. Jeff, M, Jeff MLB Draft at gmail.com is the email. And yeah, I'm like I said, it's going to be, it's a paid, paid position, 100% based off of uh, percentage of what the site, uh, the podcast itself makes. But yeah, it's someone who can kind of run the Lockdown Indians website, uh, help me out with some of the editing, help me out with some of the lifting on the site, and help me grow the podcast so we can both. uh, So this can finally make the top 10 on the weekly email list from David Locke about the top 10 10 MLB podcast. That's that's the goal right now. I want to make that top 10. I want to finally be in there with the the big boys. So uh, you can also help that by rating, downloading, listening, telling a friend. All that fun jive. I've been Jeff Ellis for the third time, no less. Three strikes, time for me to be out. Thank you for listening. Uh, I am a bit slap happy. It has been a long day. I was up till 2 a.m. fiddling with the video last night, and that is why now at like 9.40 I'm kind of... You're getting a, a different shade of Jeff Ellis on this one. As always, go Tribe.